0: <laughs> go, <"Shit>, like... <laughs> That's what happened. Only... This is Josh from Every Avenue and you're listening to the Play Sound Podcast. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Today is February 11th, 2021. This episode was recorded two days ago on February 9th. In it, we talk about the PlayStation 5, which Chris finally has, uh, including Spider-Man Remastered and Demon's Souls. I talk about some of the things that I've been into lately, including Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury, the Persona series, Hades, and Paper Mario the Origami King, as far as music goes, we talk about the Jimmy e World live streams that they've been doing, A Day to Remember's live acoustic session that they did, Weezer's OK Human, Haley Williams' Flowers for Bases slash decantus, Foo Fighters, Medicine at Midnight, The Weather Station, Glasswing, and much, much more. So it's been a long time, but this is a good one. So hope you enjoy. chris how you doing man
1: good what's up what's up what's up
0: i feel like it's been a very long time since we have done this podcast
1: yeah but i've been up to uh one thing and one thing only and that's what i'm here to talk about today and what is that one thing (laughs) spider-man
0: dude i i can't believe that you not only like so so i think the last time we podcasted it was a number of months ago, and you were considering um, buying a PlayStation. Like you, I, I think it was like something that was maybe you were on the cusp of it, or you were thinking about it. You were also it, thinking about building a computer.
1: Yeah, it was something where uh, so so when the PS5 was initially coming out, I didn't have. Whenever you buy a new console, or buy a console of any kind, really, it really comes down to what games you want to play for it. Sure. And at the time, there wasn't really enough to pull me toward a PS5. Um, but around the end of November, I think, or maybe beginning of December, I really started to get into Spider-Man. Um, I picked up the Game of the Year edition for PS4, and and I was playing through it. And then I something just came over me the one day where I was like, Oh, well, they have the remaster of Spider-Man, which is, like, a PS5. Like, it, it comes with the Miles Morales game. Um, if you buy, like, the Ultimate Edition, you get both the Spider-Man remaster and the Miles Morales game. Um, so something just came over me where I was like, oh, I can get the remaster. And Miles Morales, like I was having such a good time with with the game that I was just sure. like, yeah. And then and then there's a uh, and then there's Demon Souls, uh, which I have never been a Souls kind of gamer, but uh, no, I was but kind you of played interested. Bloodborne,
0: right? Like I feel like you started Bloodborne.
1: Yeah, I've I've done Bloodborne a little bit. Um, I've done I did I I don't know probably ten fifteen hours with Dark Souls three way back when. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of knew what it was, and I was kind of excited that they had taken taken basically the first Souls game and basically rebuilt it and remastered it and did all the... A remake. You know, it, nice. it, it
0: was essentially a remake. Remake versus yeah. remaster. I feel like it, it was a remake of the entire game.
1: Right. And so I, I took a... When you when you took the fact that there was going to be Spider-Man uh, remastered, that's one game. Uh, Miles Morales, which is... Uh, most people, it's not as long as... Uh, spider-man but miles Morales will say is its second standalone game sure uh so there's so there's two games you got demon souls and then i was probably going to pick up 2k 21 at some point uh nba and then what makes what made it a bigger sell too was that you got all these developers uh who are coming out with patches for their games um something i had later in the notes uh, God of War, for instance, just got a patch um, to run uh, with sixty frames per second sure. and higher. Uh, you know, which graphics makes a big deal. Like, output. I feel like yeah.
0: PC gamers have been talking about how frames per second makes like a really big deal in games for so long. But because like PS4 and Xbox were just like mostly thirty frames per second, it was just like no one really could do that. But yeah, now that I'm playing games that are hundred frames per second I want more
1: <laughs> yeah 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 it's, it's really cool there's a there's a, a setting on the ps5 where uh, PlayStation games um, and I'm sure Xbox has a similar thing uh, are getting much more like PC games now where you can either there's different um, like output settings almost like you can either improve in, uh, or increase like the performance like you can have higher frame rates or you can increase the graphical output um, so you could, um, in the setting, you can either choose performance or, like, graphics or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll prioritize one or the other. Um, but it, it, you look on any website or any YouTube channel or something, like, it, all, all the gamers out there, are, you know, prefer higher uh, frame rates, like, higher performance, uh, you know, standards and whatnot. So that, yeah. that's obviously the setting to toggle there. But uh, it's been really cool. Um, big, big PS5 guy right now. Yeah,
0: I, um, so I, I as you know, but many people listening may not know, uh, I got a, an RTX 3080. I got the MSI Gaming X Trio. And so that's what I've been playing games on. Um, and I understand the frame rate thing now. I actually played a little bit of Call of Duty Cold War because it came with the graphics card. And I downloaded oh, all of cool. the, like, um, crazy big graphics packs and all the things to make it look really good. And I played that game at like 4K, 70 frames per second. Um, did this whole thing where I was doing like um, the high frame rate, but also like ray tracing thing, and being yeah. able to to like really push that game was like,
1: oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so
0: good. And I guess it wasn't 4K. I guess I have a 2K monitor, but. It's only 32 inches. Um, So 2K and ray tracing and 100 frames per second is fucking amazing. It's so cool. Pretty sick.
1: Yeah. Pretty sick. But it's – yeah, so it's really cool to see see, like where gaming has gone, especially those graphics cards that just came out. Like, you know –
0: The fact that I got one is unreal. They're so tough to find and they're going up – so the thing with graphics cards right now is I had to set up like this bot –
1: to <laughs> Shit.
0: crawl and look for whenever one went on sale. I got a notification one was going on sale, and I didn't even know which one I was getting. I didn't know if it was a 3060 Ti or 3070 or 3080. But yeah. whenever I could get it, I like got a notification, clicked it, bought it, and then saw how much I spent, which was too much money. <laughs> um but it was still like really cool to be able to get one because it's only gotten harder and they're saying it won't get better for another two or three or four months
1: yeah yeah i feel like um i feel like so i, I picked up my ps5 in the middle of december mm-hmm. uh so about a month and a half ago uh and it, it's like one of those things where i still follow you know um the cheap ass gamer Twitter account. I still follow follow WarioWare 64. You know, I still yeah. follow a bunch of uh, accounts that tell me when uh, you know consoles are being uh, you know put up on you know certain websites for sale. And it's, it's definitely something where I think it's gotten easier. Like, it was definitely a challenge, like, you know, right before Christmas, um, around the holidays, to get one. But it's something where I see every other day now, you have a chance at getting it if you're just, you know, in the right uh, spot at the right time. Graphics cards, though, I have, like, the, those same accounts that I follow for PS5 mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, tw- still, you know, uh, tweet about graphics card stuff. And I never see any, like, uh, rarely do I see, it's not even once a week that I see a sale for those go up.
0: Well, and and the the reason is there are, like, Newegg, for example, the place where a lot of people get computer things, people are going into this lottery system that they had to put up because bots were buying them. Because, this is just like it was, like, four or five years ago, um, because, People are buying graphics cards for crypto mining and, like, Bitcoin and things like that, Um, which is crazy because there are people who want to play games that can't because people are using them to mine Bitcoin Um, or Ethereum or whatever else. And that is essentially the reason, because people will buy these graphics cards in bulk. They've started doing this since they announced the... Uh, The gaming laptops that have the RTX 30 series in them, they will buy the laptops in bulk to use them for, like, mining Ethereum, and then people can't use them for gaming. They'll just have a bunch of them closed in a room, like, stacks on stacks of laptops or graphics cards so that they can do this. Um, And that sucks. That really blows
1: that's disgusting. I don't know like th- 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 that and then uh, and then scalpers with like the newer consoles and stuff like That's a big know, issue too. Yeah. I don't know when you have the time or money to do this, but this is it's just ridiculous to me that someone They'd like They make
0: the money though. The UK is it, passing though. a law to make it illegal
1: for Yeah, I saw that. Technology I again, part. I I saw like a little thumbnail or something on my Twitter mm-hmm. feed uh, but yeah. I mean again just that's crazy to me i know i don't you know i yeah what but
0: what i'm getting at is it's a miracle that you got a playstation 5 i got a 3080 um but to your point about playing these new playstation games i'm currently playing a playstation 2 game
1: <laughs> yeah um, which is uh I, I
0: know it is but uh which is persona 4 golden Right. I, I okay. So Persona Four was a PS2 game. Golden was a Vita game. Um, but dude, this has been like my life for yeah. like it's been what I've been playing. I played Hades for a while, uh, and I'm I'm gonna talk about that because I love that game. That might be one of my favorite games of all time, right up there with tied with, if not better than, in my opinion, Breath of the Wild. Um, I think that game is that good. But Persona 4 is just like watching a TV series, and I'm loving playing it. And I'm at this point now where I have the Persona 5 Steelbook waiting for me. I have the uh, – I'm going to play Persona 5 Strikers
1: yeah, probably on yeah, PC that,
0: whenever it comes out, which is like this yeah. week.
1: Yeah. It's uh, reviews of started coming out for the game. It, it looks, they look uh, – they're pretty good. Um, yeah. Better than what I thought they would be. Well, so
0: I think you and I talked about Persona going back like two or three years whenever I first tried playing it and whenever the first one came out and I like got into it and then moved and stopped playing it. Um, But I I didn't really get into like the nitty gritty of it because I was following this guide and it was telling me what to do and what to answer and all of this other stuff. But I started playing this game. I I was like, I'm cutting myself from this guide. I'm not going to use a guide to play Persona. And yeah. I'm going to make decisions based on whatever decisions I want to make and make this game, like, um, my, Your own, experience. my own yeah. experience versus, like, a guide telling me what to do when. Because that's the whole point of the game is, like, it's this open thing. You can build relationships with people as you want to. You can dungeon crawl whenever you want to. You right. can buy shit whenever you want to. And... I have had so much more fun since I cut myself free from using a guide for this game. I cannot even express it. It feels so liberating. Um, And also, not only that, I think I'm enjoying it so much because you're building relationships with people in this game. And, like, that's the whole purpose whenever it's impossible to, like, do that right now and to, like, make new friendships and go out and meet people. And that's what (laughs) this game is about. Uh,
1: Right. It's basically the opposite of Demon Souls. Um, I only have a couple of things. I, I really, I, don't, I really only have. I haven't played Demon Souls a, a lot, but yeah. uh, it's basically the opposite in the sense where that game tells you nothing, and like I would hold if I had. I've had to look online for a, a number of things uh, in relation to the game, and I I wish I had like a Prima guide or something like next to me the entire time that I could just like okay I have to go here and I have this character so I need to go here like. It's very frustrating in that sense where I I wish I didn't have to use a guide, but there's a lot of times where I'm like, um, like what or like where would the best route be here or like what options do I have and how do I level up and what you know it's just like basic video game stuff, but the game doesn't tell you anything. So isn't
0: it kind of amazing that those guides were such a big part of playing games whenever we were growing up and now they're just like not.
1: Yeah, it kind of is. Um, I still have an entire like bin like full of like old magazines and like Nintendo powers and guides and stuff that yeah. um, I really only look at whenever I move. But it uh, definitely harkens back to that time where I'm just like, oh snap. This used to be a thing.
0: I feel like – I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point. But I feel like Persona 4 Golden is old enough that I could probably find a guide for it somewhere. And that would make my life so much easier because I'm always on (laughs) IGN, like, going through different tabs and shit. And if I could just, um, like, bookmark stuff, I feel like that would be really convenient. For sure. Um, Yeah. So anyway, there, there I, I think that that's a, a really good point to get into is some new games that are coming out. And, and Persona 5 Strikers um, was something that we started talking about. It, it apparently serves as like a sequel to Persona 5 in every way except for the gameplay is a little bit different. But the way yeah. that IGN put it, it plays more like an action RPG than a typical Musou, like beat 'em up Dynasty Warriors type of game. And it's closer yeah. to like a Kingdom Hearts type of thing.
1: That's really cool to me because I don't like the Dynasty Warriors kind of like gameplay style that like Persona has. It's not that I don't like it. No, that it's I just, mean that Dynasty
0: War- Persona is more of like Persona is the closest thing that I've ever played to Pokemon in my opinion. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's but it's it's very like it's very turn-based. Yeah. Duh. and um and it's just sometimes it's like really slow moving for me and I'm just like. You know, when, when every other game that I specifically play is just hit square <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> so, so I sit down to play Persona, and I'm just like, "Oh, okay." Like, I got a, got a whole, uh, got a whole, like you said, Pokemon-like system. You gotta think got of like
0: strengths and weaknesses, and figure it's and it's literally the same thing, except there's no rhyme or reason to it. Like that's what? <laughs> yes. So it's like oh. in Pokemon, there there are like types. And there are those in Persona, but sometimes you look at a monster that's, like, a newer, quote-unquote, like, evolved version of the one that you saw in, like, a dungeon or two before, and its weaknesses and resistances are completely different.
1: Oh, okay. That's kind of nuts, then. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Like, my point. But but
0: (laughs) that's that's the thing about Strikers. It's, like, a a fast-paced... Game and it yeah. follows. It's like a, a. It serves as a sequel, not to Persona Five Royal, but to the original Persona Five.
1: Wait, is Royal? I thought Royal was the same thing. It, it like in terms of like story, but like gameplay, they tweaked some stuff.
0: They tweak story and gameplay. They they uh, like okay. add a semester of school, or they like add an a, a, a like dungeon or two dungeons at the end. And like streamline the game, but they add story to it. And Persona Five Strikers extends on the story of the original one, not the additional story from Persona Five. Royal. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. That being that all being said, Persona Five is definitely something I want to still play. Um, but I. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, what I think
0: I, mean I, I got this whenever we were still living in Dallas together, but I have the Steelbook here and I am yeah. so excited to play the like this Steelbook just looks so good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it, it's always been like a really like like, like I'm in the you know, a number of like different anime and stuff and and uh, there there's a lot of parallels um, in with Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Mm. Um, I've heard that from a lot of people. So I mean I've like I've wanted to get into it um, because I do like JoJo's. JoJo's isn't my favorite anime by by any means, but um, there there's a lot of really cool stuff about it I like, uh, and so you would think I would like jump into Persona, yeah. and like it for that stuff. But um, yeah, I've played it. I played Persona like for two hours or something, um, and that was uh, a well because you you have you have the original Persona Five, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a, it's
0: a slow burn. It's one of those games that takes a while to start but also takes a while to finish
1: yeah so um strikers out now so everywhere is
0: it no i feel like it's friday coming out by the uh, time this goes it up maybe be. it'll be out um yeah. <laughs> so you also have written here nba 2k21 i want to hear about this
1: game oh, okay uh right so uh so i have uh just a few um uh, j- just for like ps5 game thoughts um 2K21 is, it, it's the same old frustrating 2K that you, you love and hate. Um, there's not really a whole lot of difference, um, a whole lot of different things about it. Um, graphically, it's better. Um, it, it plays a little better, I guess. Uh, the one thing that really bugged me at first with the game is, I, I've always been a fan of the shot stick, um, to use the right stick to shoot. Uh as opposed to hitting the square button, and yeah. they've 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 given a lot of options to how you use the shot stick, uh, which is frustrating because I don't know. Whenever you're in the settings for the shot stick, I don't know what a lot of the stuff means, and so I had to spend like a half hour just trying to figure out what I wanted my settings to be. Basically, just so they could be like like 2K games in the past. Um, and so that was like really frustrating because I was trying to use it the way I thought I should use it at first. And it was just like really frustrating because I wasn't hitting shots. And I was like, look, I've played this game before. Like I know how to use the shot stick. And it turns out there's, there are so many options, um, for it that it was really tiered or toggled to a different play style than how I was using it. Uh, but that being said, it's, it's still very much, um, at its core, it's still very much 2k, if you like NBA, if you like the series, it, it's not a whole drastically different game aside from that. I feel like
0: the last one I liked was NBA 2K13.
1: And I don't know that's, why that's the specific one I liked, but... It, I don't... That's, that's probably a high... I forget. See, the the way I think of these... Because I play, I play 2K almost every year. Or yeah. At least close to every year. Um, every now and then I'll skip a year, but uh, that was probably, at, like when i was at the peak of my 2k playing uh, career um so i i generally favor games in that era highly as opposed to like 2k 18 or 2k 17 yeah. or 2k 19 like like that that's just uh that's just kind of when i think the series is kind of like oh yeah like these games were better and then and then they tried either doing too much or not doing enough yeah and i hate them now but uh so yeah, so that that's really uh that's my extent on 2K21. Um, and yeah. I don't
0: know anything about it. I have nothing to add, other than, yay basketball, go basketball, uh, big basketball guy. Uh, the one sports thing I do want to mention is that EA is bringing back the NCAA football series.
1: This this is a polarizing thing though. Yeah. Because they're not they're not going to be using current players from my understanding. Oh. So it's called college football, but it's going to be using players from the past. Oh. So like, so like from like, like if it's 20, so we're, we're looking like at the, in January, the 2020 season just ended. So if the game were to come out, the game's not going to come out this summer. It's not, it's in very early stages. Um, again, from my understanding, uh, but if it were to come out this summer, Uh, We would be looking at NCAA football 2021, but we're looking at having players from like 2020 and back, you know, in years, uh, in the years prior. Oh. So it's, I don't, again, this is my understanding of it, but I was really excited about it first, but it's not, because they they have to give, because to put players likeness and certain things about the players from college in the game, for college football, they have to pay them in some way, but the NCAA doesn't allow that. Right. And so when the whenever I, uh, whenever they first announced it, I was like, "Oh, well, I'm curious as to how they got around that, or if the if the rules or laws, you know, regarding that changed." And again, to my understanding, I don't think they really have, and so they're just using players from the past yeah. to kind of who have either. Um, who who are allowed to profit? Whether they've made the NFL or whether they're just staying at home and just not in school anymore, um, you know, it's players that who would be legally like allowed to profit. Interesting. Interesting. That's my blurb, and it, so I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay. I'm sure a lot of the times in the past they've done. You can download rosters, so mm-hmm. some some glorious group of souls will will uh, go through the extent at making you know each team's roster and uh you know and there's nothing you know they can ea can do about you know downloadable rosters it's just a part of the game i guess sure um so that's there there that will probably be there uh but yeah college football again not even i don't think it's supposed to come out this year so i'm just like this is like (laughs) uh this is correct kind of a real bummer in a lot of ways
0: Well, let's move on then to a game that is coming out this year. That's coming out actually in three days. Um, Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. I am exceptionally excited about this game. And the the reason I'm excited about this game is because I plan on convincing everyone that I know to buy (laughs) it so that we can play online and be on Discord and play this game at the same time. Because you can play it co-op with three other people. So 3D World is a new game. No. 3D no. World... Okay. okay, so... 3D World was probably one of the best games to come out on the Wii U. There were a lot of really good Wii U games. Like, a lot um, of them. okay. And, like, looking back, a lot of them have come to... Um, The Switch. Switch. So, new Super Mario Bros. U and Pikmin 3 and not Zelda, uh, not the Zelda remakes, which is disappointing because we need to get Twilight Princess and Wind Waker to come to the Switch and they eventually will. But Super Mario 3D World was originally a, a, a Wii U game where you could play with four people and do four-player couch co-op in what's essentially like a combination of the 3D and 2D Marios. So the goal for each stage is still there's like a starting point and a checkpoint and you get to the flag. But it's in a 3D environment. Okay. And so, gotcha. so one person plays Mario, one plays Luigi, one can play Peach, and one can play Toad. And you can do this together in co-op, and you can fight against each other to see who gets there first, but you're also helping each other because you're killing, like, enemies as you go, and you're taking care of obstacles, and, like, whatever. It's it's a Mario game that works as a Mario game in multiplayer, which I, gotcha. I am a huge fan of.
1: Yeah, 3D World, um, whenever I first saw it, uh, 3D World sounded familiar to me, but I wasn't too certain of... If it was a Switch game and Bowser's Fury was just like an add-on kind of thing to it. So uh, no one's talking about this right now. It's technically a sequel to Super Mario 3D Land. And
0: 3D Land was a game where it, it, it was the same premise. It was just done at a smaller scale on the 3DS. And it was like a really, really good game. I have it. I played it. It's phenomenal. It's one of the best Mario games out there. It's just it doesn't exist on anything other than 3DS. But people had that, so they played it. Yeah. 3D World, no one could play because no one had a Wii U other than like me. Um, Right. So now that so many people have a Switch, they're re-releasing this game and it's going to be a fun multiplayer thing and whatever. The kicker is, for people who bought it before, that they're also including this thing called Bowser's Fury, which runs on the same engine, exists in the same type of like gameplay, uh, uh, kind of, but it's an open-world game where Bowser has like been infected by this goo, and you team okay. up with with bowser jr and the whole goal of it is to go and save bowser even though he's like this big goo monster firing fireballs at you he's like this giant thing in the middle like looks like this big island and you remember in zelda how they had blood moons right yeah and i don't know whatever i didn't know what they meant and so every blood moon <laughs> all of the enemies would respawn. It was really hard to play during that
1: because just like everything it came lasted back for like 30 seconds though.
0: But it was a tough moment.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was terrifying, but then it was like it ended like and I was like That's oh, the thing. Okay. That's the thing about Bowser's fury. That's like what that
0: is. It's like okay. a moment where Bowser sits firing fireballs at you. You can use those fireballs because they're aimed at you to solve puzzles. But you're playing this game in this open world environment, and it's also co-op because Bowser Jr. is someone that can be controlled by a second person playing with you.
1: Okay, I gotcha. Because, yeah. I mean, in all the promotional stuff for the game, um, you know, quote-unquote Bowser's Fury, Bowser looks terrifying. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't been this scared of Bowser since I saw Giga Bowser in Melee, like, yeah. years ago. Yeah, You know, like, I I've, I saw photos of that, and I was like, oh my god, like, something I seriously wrong here. I know. And, uh... And so, yeah, so I mean, I, I was definitely kind of intrigued just from seeing, you know, the the short videos and, you know, a couple of screenshots at, at first, uh, you know, uh, about the game. And I was just like, holy cow, like, this mm-hmm. could be cool. I'm here for yeah. this.
0: So that's coupled with it. There's essentially a game. There's two games in one. You can choose from the title screen which game you want to play. You don't have to beat 3D World to go and play Bowser's Fury. You can just play Bowser's Fury from the get go. And I think that's really rad. I think that's really dope. And I think it's something where I would love to get people to play 3D World with me because it's been a very long time since I've beaten a Mario game. And I would love to beat Mario games with friends because that seems like a much better option than beating Mario games without friends.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, Odyssey was really the last game I played. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a couple of you know, two, uh, three years, two, two, years ago. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm here for that. I haven't. played I think Mario that was five time. years. And ago, and honestly, I think I that really game came out. out I think that game came out in 2016. No, nah, it was like 2017. It came out the same year uh, Breath of the Wild did.
0: Wasn't is, that 2016?
1: Uh, no, it was the year of our Lord, Link, <laughs> 2017. Oh man. Uh,
0: you are correct. That
1: is still four years ago, so it's still crazy. Oh yeah, I guess it would be. Still think it's twenty twenty. So. I know, <laughs> it's, I know. Been a um, hard one to come around on.
0: So on the topic of Mario, we haven't talked about Paper Mario: The Origami King. I don't want to take a long time on this, but I've spent like twenty hours playing that game, and I keep coming back to it. Um, I'm upset that it's not like your typical JRPG. Like what the Thousand Year Door or the original Paper Mario were. But only Mm -hmm. to the extent that I want to play games that are like that. It's still a really good game. I still love it. It's still really fun. It's well put together. And it is the funniest game I think I've ever played. Other than the South Park games. (laughs) Yeah. Very cool. The humor isn't like... Super mature. It's just like stupid humor that that is accomplished really well in the moment. And I I encourage anyone looking for like a palate cleanser type of game to play that. Very cool. Um, The last game I wanted to talk about is Hades. Because we haven't had a chance to go over this game yet, and I think that whenever it was announced at the Game Awards two years ago, I was excited about it and probably mentioned it on the podcast, but never actually um, took the time to play it until like two months ago. And oh my God, Chris, this is this this game is one of my favorites of all time. I put more hours into this on Switch than I think I've I've put into anything other than um Breath of the Wild or Pokemon. This is like number 3 for me. That's crazy.
1: That's yeah. a Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of a Dead Cells-ish. It is. But um, it's
0: it would be like so Dead Cells was fun because the gameplay was good. I look okay. at Hades as it's like a game where the gameplay is phenomenal, but the story is so good. And so consistent, where even whenever you die, the story moves forward. And that is huge, because that's the biggest issue with that entire genre of games, is that whenever you die in in a roguelike, or a roguelite, the story doesn't move on. You have to usually get to a certain point for the story to move on. And in Hades, you die and the story keeps going. You continue talking to people, your relationship with people grows. It's kind of like a mix between like a a a dead cells and a um persona because you're building relationships but also a typical like rpg or action rpg because you're raising your stats the whole time so that you can actually like make these runs longer yeah um yeah it's it's just like one of the most clever things i've ever played um the way that like it feels great the action in it is wonderful um, the story is great and it it's never the same game twice you're never playing like your 30 to 30 minutes to an hour long run that you're doing is never going to feel the same because you're always um, fighting your way out of hell with a boon or a an ability given to you by like a different God that makes your attack or your special attack. Or your um, your your third thing—it's called like a cast where you shoot like a diamond type thing out of you. It's always different, and I can't explain it because it's just so strange compared to anything else that I've ever played. But it's so unique that it's it's one of my favorite experiences of all time.
1: I'll tell you what—I wish the story would move forward when I died in Demon Souls. That would make that game a lot more appealing.
0: <laughs> well that's that's kind of the thing. Like it's it's a very similar type of game and Demon Souls is like a roguelike. Like your whole job is to get to a certain point, get get like to a checkpoint or Yeah. like keep fighting through and in Hades it's the same thing. Um but
1: man is is that game good? Like Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to try it. It's it's on pretty much everything, right? It's like on as as
0: Switch and PC. But they're, okay. they're making
1: a PlayStation version. Okay. I they, thought it was on the whole the whole stream of bits. Th-
0: there Sorry. is no reason why you couldn't just play it on Switch, and then you have it to play everywhere. I think if you own a Switch, that's like the best way to play it. The only reason I would play it on PC is because it might have a better frame rate. But it's not going to look that much better.
1: Okay. I gotcha. Very cool. Um... Yeah, I'll probably uh, I'll have to maybe try it. I haven't played anything on my Switch for a while, so I might have to get into that. So uh, good. And then
0: I've been playing a lot of Apex too, but I could talk about that for hours. So I think we skip over it. Apex.
1: All right. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, just last bit of gaming news, and I, I kind of briefly mentioned it earlier, but uh, uh God of War. Uh, recently got a PS5 patch um, Mm -hmm. so I'm definitely going to have to try that Um, especially with uh, there's a lot of rumors flying around that the the new one uh, Ragnarok is going to be coming out later this year Uh, I'm not really sure how true those are or if I can really expect it to come out this year but that'd be pretty sweet Uh, Jedi Fallen Order um, also received a PS5 patch or like a next gen consoles patch uh, to improve you know typical things uh, this is really cool because I started playing Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, our friend Dave lent me his copy. Yeah. Um, but it's for the Xbox, and I know he's not going to listen to this probably, so I, I don't really mind talking li- about it like this. But uh, yeah, the Xbox One S was really hard to play it on. Like, Like, it's not really hard. Like, it's playable, but it's like... Frame rate is just the game like dies at certain points. It feels like, and it was just it was just really slow moving. Yeah, and that was that's kind of why like I kind of stopped playing it. Um, but it's a really cool game, and it's it's a Star Wars Jedi lightsaber f- swinging game. When you um, get used to playing games at higher frame rates,
0: you don't know if you're playing on like a regular PS4 or if you go back to older games, you don't know what you're missing out of or from if you're not playing on something that can really push a game to its limits and push the frame rate and also just generally like, like push the graphical fidelity to a a super large extent. But whenever you start playing games that are really good and then you go back to something like an Xbox series S or sorry, an Xbox one
1: S right. Um, (laughs) God, you, would, I, if so you would have continued confusing. that if oh, you would have continued with that I, I wouldn't that. have corrected you in, in any way I would have just been like oh yeah he's I, I, I get what he's saying
0: <laughs> why did they do that? I still don't get why they did that that like it's, I, it's it, only more confusing series it, versus one is like the only differentiating like uh
1: it beats me uh, it's it doesn't make
0: any sense to anyone um but in any case you had fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, it's, so like I said, it was, it's definitely a game where trying to play it on the Xbox One S, uh, was really kind of a a sluggish experience almost, um, but I do, like, what's there is really good, um, and so with knowing that there's a PS5 patch out for it, like, I'm probably gonna, you know, wait until I can get a deal on Jedi Fallen Order for the PS4, and then, uh, cop that, and kind of, you know, and start playing it, uh. So with uh, and then uh, and then lastly, um, in terms of patches, uh, what I would really hope to see is a PS5 Last of Us Part Two patch. Um, I, I mentioned earlier before the podcast that I had I have almost completed or almost gotten every single trophy in Spider Man Remastered. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, I was kind of looking back through my PlayStation profile and thinking like, oh, like maybe it would be fun to go back through some of these other games and maybe see if I can get all the trophies in these games um, as long as they're not like like stupid hard trophies, right? Or like sure. just random uh, a lot of the ones in Spider-Man I, that I've gotten have just been playing the game and it was really roughly when I was almost done with the DLC that I was at like 64 or something, like I only had 15 left and so I was like, oh, well let me see what these are and if it's possible yeah um, you know, and that was when I was like, oh, okay, like these aren't really stupid hard to get. Like these are pretty, pretty straightforward. I can probably do this. Uh, Last of Us Part Two is kind of the same way. It's basically just completing the game a couple times through, uh, so you can do everything in story, and then there's just a bunch of collectibles. Uh, but I would love to get a PS Five patch for that game. The game is one of my favorites, and I would love for any reason to go back to it. I'm sure they'll do it like in the months before the new God of War. Oh yeah. Maybe
0: Last of Us Part Two, like the new. Sorry, before like, I'm sure that they'll do it in the months like to come soon. I'm sure they'll yeah. like, like announce some new sequel or like a, a third game, game or something, or like a PS5 version, and they'll they'll do something. But I feel like there's also a lot of money to be had in a PlayStation Five version of that game, and so. Yeah. I feel like that's the issue. And also the reason why I'm loving being a computer gamer now, because you don't have to worry about different versions of things. They just scale. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, So I'd love to get into talking about music. Let's take a quick couple minute break and then get back to it.
1: Okay. Sweet. Sweet. Sweet.
0: All right, so time to talk about some music, Chris.
1: Yeah, not not a lot. Um, uh, For what I was looking up earlier, like like usually in January, by the end of January, I've listened through like five or six albums. You know, like usually yeah. a couple albums per week, maybe even um, in re- in the past years. But there's only been three albums I've really, or four albums that I've really listened through the whole way. Um, so there wasn't really a whole lot to put on here, but yeah um, I,
0: I feel like more of my music recently had and, and more of my music enjoyment has been coming from rediscovering old songs and old records and things that maybe I listened to a long time ago that I can just randomly find on vinyl that I'm like playing on repeat that way.
1: Yeah. Um, I saw you um, you have a uh, dancing with a ghost, I think by Valencia. That's like a new one for you. Yes, that is a, a new, new old one. one. Um, but That's before cool. we get into any of the music
0: news, like just just to make a note of kind of the change in situation between the last podcast that we did in this one, like obviously I'm I'm living in Austin now, um, right? And since Catherine and I moved in together, we have gotten like a nice record playing setup. Essentially, exactly what you had as far as the record player goes. We got the. Uh, project debut carbon um yes. and then i got some like nice speakers on stands to put into our, our big living room and so like that is primarily like if i'm going to listen to music we have these really nice like hi-fi speaker setups but in my office i also was able to find something on Craigslist or on on facebook marketplace Where I have these really nice speakers and a stereo receiver and a subwoofer. And I was able to get this pioneer record player from, like, the late 70s that was high quality then. Still high quality now. Yeah, that's pretty neat. The way that I've been listening to records recently has evolved dramatically. Because the old um, Panasonic record player that I had that wasn't that good is now sold. I literally got rid of it because I have this new panel. I have a project debut carbon downstairs and this pioneer upstairs. And so like I'm listening to records now and just hearing a whole new side of them because I have this really, really nice setup to listen to any type of record downstairs. And this really, really good hi-fi setup upstairs that's a little bit more unique Both of them are really unique, but, uh, far different from what I had before.
1: Very cool. And much closer
0: to what, to what you've been listening to vinyl on, which is really like a high, high fi high fidelity music
1: setup. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a really cool thing. I mean, it's just, um, you know, uh, it's just a really cool setup to be able to, you know, or like, like records are cool, you know, and, uh. You know, and you want to get the most out of them in a way, you know. When, uh you know, it's. I mean, it's nice to I guess have like a small little record player or something that, uh, you know, that plays the record. But uh, you know, it's also nice to have a, a nicer setup. And like you that said, like you, treats you
0: can, them right. That isn't just yeah. something that was like from Sears in the 70s or 80s, which is what I had before. That could be potentially damaging to records now that I like know more about it. But being able to listen to things and like hear some of the nuances of like how the how the guitars sound or how the the like vocals pop a little bit more is really cool.
1: Yeah, definitely. Highly recommend. Mhm. Mhm. show.
0: So that being said, uh, I've also upstairs in my office, uh, along with this new record player, I've hooked my TV up to my speakers. And I've been watching these Jimmy Eat World live streams, sitting on my couch after work on Fridays,
1: um, through these
0: really nice speakers, and it sounds so good. It's like I'm at a concert, Chris.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I missed um I missed the surviving one because I'm an idiot. And uh, wait, wait, wait. Why, did... why? Okay,
0: so you're an idiot, but why did you just not know they were happening or what?
1: <laughs> wasn't like i guess i just wasn't sold on it i okay. don't know like <laughs> like i had something <laughs> better to do <laughs> like work. i don't know like no no i mean well the thing is they're um they go on so they go on sale or like they go live for better um wording uh they go every live on fridays every other Friday for yeah yeah and, but you have like the whole weekend to watch it like you can hop on there it, it they uh, it goes live Monday or it goes live Friday and then it, it shuts off on like Monday or something yeah but as long as you go on and purchase a ticket you can stream it for like you know uh, I think it's only one stream but like you can watch it at any point during those three days uh, so I mean work was even like <laughs> work was even like a real like issue it was just I just didn't want to do it I guess yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and then but that but then uh, uh, which one we call it? I heard the futures one was coming up uh, a week or two ago, and and so yeah, like I a started, week and a half
0: ago at this point, I think.
1: I started listening to uh to futures, you know, just uh, on Spotify and stuff, and uh and I was like, holy cow, like this is such a cool album, and I was like, you know what, like I really need to, you know, see this live stream or do whatever I can yeah. to support this band, like like futures is hella dope. And it's a
0: great it's, record front to back.
1: And so I bought the I bought a ticket for the live stream, and I was just like I was just you know I was chilling out I was making dinner or something, and I was like, damn, this is cool. Like, well, why? What was I doing? Like, why didn't I hop in on, hop in on this in the first place? But uh, they I missed so I missed the surviving one, which I'm sure you could talk about. But uh, I,
0: yeah, I actually like the surviving one
1: better than I like the futures one, and
0: I think that the reason is I, I'm a weird type of Jimmy U World fan where I feel like I've always been a fan. But I've more so connected to their more recent albums, specifically Integrity Blues and Surviving, um, than I did with like Clarity or Futures or even back in the day, like Bleed American. I, I don't think I connected to that as much as I have these most recent records. And so to hear Surviving played, um, was just, like, this phenomenal experience. But then to hear Futures front to back, like, I wasn't really a Jimmy E. World fan whenever they were touring on that, that record or whenever okay. they were touring on Clarity. Like, I, I, I was a fan, but, like, you and I, like, we weren't going to shows. So to see them play these really, like kind of deep cuts and songs that I like know kind of but like not really but to see them like play these really good songs live uh, even though it's a recording it's just like it's phenomenal it's so much fun to watch and and I'm excited I just I have all of these Jimmy World Records that they're playing through front to back I have all of these on vinyl so I've like listened to them in the weeks leading up to it Clarity and Futures and Surviving and man am i excited for clarity it's such a good record it's so good
1: yeah Yeah, i I am too i uh for a long time um the most hardcore fans i would say like quote unquote hardcore fans would i think would say that their favorite uh jimmy world album is clarity yeah yeah and uh and, and futures was always my favorite for like a really long time uh and i never understood the argument to even be had uh but in recent years, uh, Clarity has really come around on me. i mean I could to say it's my favorite Jimmy Eat World album, but um, I definitely see where people are coming from when they say it's their favorite. And, yeah, so I, I'm very excited to get to watch this live stream this weekend. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's a really cool thing that they're doing, playing through their albums. And honestly, it just makes me wish they would do it for all of them. And I would, you know, they could just have all of my money. And I would, uh, you know... Watch all of them. They're such a good band. And, I mean, even some of their uh, weaker stuff is is still, you know, could lift mountains, you know, or move mountains. It could. It could. It's that good and strong. So, speaking of live shows that bands
0: have done, I actually haven't watched A Day to Remember's live acoustic show that they did. Um, But they did cover Take... Cover by Acceptance, yeah. and I listened through that, and like, oh my god!
1: I thought that was pretty cool.
0: They co- I thought those was... one of my favorite bands covering another one of my favorite bands, and like, ha! Huh, just proof that Acceptance is your favorite band's favorite band.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it was. I haven't watched the video for it either, but I've listened through some of the tracks um, that I was some of my more favorite tracks on the acoustic album uh and take cover was definitely a big a big one for me where i was like oh snap like who knew that in 2021 you know one of your favorite bands would be covering one of your favorite bands from you know how long ago yeah you know? especially when it's at this point such a like a it's not like a, a super obscure record but like it's it's ba- you know it's a deep one down to be a uh, pulling stuff out from it's
0: it's a deep one but also one that's well loved to the point of making comebacks like every few years like where there's a new pressing of it or someone's talking about acceptance or acceptance comes out with a new record and everyone just wants to talk about phantoms like it's just it's one of those things
1: i uh (laughs) i i didn't know that they remember was coming out with a new album though oh i pre-ordered
0: it the second they announced it did of you? course, on vinyl. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I pre-ordered it. And just because there was, like, this really cool-looking, like,
1: red pressing of it. Um, yeah. They have, a, they have a couple cool slather ones. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, they came out with a single or something the day. They've had a number of singles come out since, like, going back to summer of last year, I think.
0: Well, um, I think they were planning on coming out with this in, like, the middle of last year. Like, it's been done. But they're just, like, an independent band, and they make all of their money from touring, and so they don't want to release this record to what's essentially deaf ears. Um, But I would have to imagine they have another one written, like a lot of bands right now, like, like Weezer they ha- probably have another record written and they're on the, like they, they can release what they were going to release last year. And I think we're going to see a lot of that and a lot of bands that have been given a lot of time to work on records that were supposed to come out in 2020 that are going to sound much better in 2021 because they were given the benefit of an extra
1: like eight or nine months. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, very excited for, uh, for this, uh I didn't really listen to Bad Vibrations, which I think was their last album, but uh I'll definitely come around and give this one a listen. It and was it, okay. I, I it was
0: no common courtesy. Common courtesy was a phenomenal record in the first one that they released independently, and then Bad Vibrations was good, but not great. Yeah, um agreed. Common
1: courtesy was dope. Yeah. That's that shit had some fire. Yep. Uh yep. But yeah, so I, I was really excited because they came out with the singular or this and this uh, acoustic album like a week or two ago. I, I wasn't really on top of it, so I, but once I found it, I was like, "Oh wow!" Like I wonder if these guys are releasing an album anytime soon. And yeah, turns out they are. March fifth. You're welcome. You're that's welcome. The name, that's the name of the album, not a real pun of any kind. Just the, <laughs> just the name of the album. So we gotta talk about a,
0: uh, another band that I've already mentioned in the past couple of minutes
1: yeah um
0: and that band is weezer weezer who i think did the most weezer thing they could possibly do and like they had a record that was ready to go yep. and then they got asked to go on a tour with fallout boy and green day and so they started recording another album and they scrapped not scrapped but they put this record okay human to the side and they were like, "Okay, we're gonna write a stadium rock record because OK Human is like the worst possible record we could have. Whenever we're gonna go on a stadium rock tour with Fall Out Boy, and and Green Day, like we can't have OK Human come out before that." And so they had it ready.
1: I don't think that's the narrative. Yes, no, it is. It. 100- I thought they. Rec- I thought they recorded this like during the pandemic, like over the summer last. No, year.
0: they had this record that they were almost done with. Okay. That was going to be like the slow record. This was recorded in at the end of 2019. Um, okay. And, I gotcha. and then all of a sudden they got asked to do this tour while they were getting ready to like ramp up and release OK Human. And so they started recording and, and, and got ready to release Van Weezer. And so they started releasing singles for Van Weezer. And then the Stadium Rock Tour got canceled. So it made sense to release an album that was closer to OK Human excuse me okay human versus yeah versus van weezer and so then they went back and started working on okay human again and now oh, okay. we have it and yeah. they finished it during the pandemic because it was a more pandemic record than van weezer and we're gonna get van weezer before
1: that big hello mega tour oh okay that makes sense i didn't realize they started working on it before The tour. And then I knew they worked on it, like, during the pandemic. Okay, that makes sense. Because it was recorded uh,
0: with an orchestra that was together before the pandemic.
1: Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Because that was, like, that was one of my biggest questions, I think, about the, like, album being made was, oh, okay, like, we got a 38-piece orchestra during COVID. Like, you know, at the height of COVID last year during the summer... That doesn't really track, but sure, whatever they yep, want to do. I it's because it I was 2019. Yep. But that, that makes sense. I feel like
0: it's the most Weezer record that I've ever heard.
1: It is it is pretty Weezer. It's kind of, it's just kind of nerdy all over the place and it's kind of silly and, um, but very introspective. Uh, it's, it's a pretty cool, I, it didn't really take for me on the first listen, um, but I've listened through it several times now and I'm kind of like, yeah, I get it. It's a vibe.
0: And apparently, like, in, in the way that it's called OK Human, it's a tribute to OK Computer in the way by, oh, really? by Radiohead. Because yeah. whereas that record apparently had, like, some electronic shit and was done electronically. I don't fucking know. I don't listen to Radiohead. But OK <laughs> Human was done completely, like, just with an orchestra, with people. With, right. like, not electronic instruments. And that was, like, their whole premise behind it.
1: That's kinda of funny. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, I uh yeah, as a as a big Weezer fan, I, I'm into this album. I thought about ranking Weezer's albums, uh, but I just haven't gotten around to the time. But this is like this is it's like mid tier Weezer, but it's still very good. Um Bird with a Broken Wing is probably my favorite off the album. I think my favorite um, would
0: be Alu Gooby or Alu Gobi If yeah. they would just release an electron like an electric guitar version of that song
1: they might who knows or maybe they'll play it or something live at a show one day yeah we can only hope we uh, can only hope
0: but it I, feels much better like i i saw this take that i loved that weezer was kind of in this rut in the thousands and 2010s like late thousands early 2010s up until like the red album and then they got better they recovered they made a comeback with yeah. everything will be all right in the end, which I agree with, because that record was really good.
1: Yeah, and then the, and then the, um, my second favorite Weezer album is is the White Album. Yeah. Um. So I, I think that's like uh, yeah. I like everything. All right, will be everything will be all right <laughs> in the end. Just was like I, I liked it, but then once the White Album came out, I was like, oh, this is what this is what they were meant to do. They've found their calling. Weezer didn't start until Matt Sharp left. (laughs) (laughs) That's still one of the funniest SNL skips I've ever seen. Um, I still get a kick out of it.
0: So, we could talk about Weezer for hours. Like, I feel like you could definitely talk about more Weezer than I could talk about Weezer. But instead of that, let's talk about Haley Williams. Because she just dropped... um, Essentially, what is a stripped back version of um, the Petals for Armor record that she put out last year? It feels like that, but more concise and stripped back and made into like this acoustic, less poppy, um, more brooding record.
1: Lo fi, yeah.
0: So, um, Flowers for Vases, Slash uh, Descansos. I'm yeah. probably saying that wrong. The scan cells. I didn't even put that. I in don't in. know.
1: I, I, just, I think I just put Flyers for Faces. I was like, I don't even want to try it.
0: <laughs> um, oh my God. It's really good. It's really yeah. good.
1: Yeah, I've listened through most of it. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a grower um, because it is kind of like uh, lo-fi and brooding. It's, it's certainly not a pop album by any means or even like, you know, uh, Close to even some of the choruses or anything that you know, Pels for Armor had. Um, but it's cool. It's um, she said, she said, like, thematically or like, narratively speaking, it probably takes place between parts one and two of Pels for Armor. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff that whenever I guess she was making Pels for Armor, uh, she thought she had kind of, um, whenever she was making it, she was like, oh, this is me really getting to the core of this, and then after it, she was just like, nope we're not done with that yeah. we definitely have to go back in and we, we didn't we didn't even come close to the core and so a lot of the subject matter and stuff is uh very similar but just in a more um defined kind of way i guess um so yeah i mean it, it's a cool album um i think it's really cool that she came out with it so close you know it hasn't even been a year since bells for Armor*. um you know and, and the more Hayley williams the better so I, i'm a fan
0: I do wonder if she's doing this, and I I know that Petals for Armor was, like, something that was going to come out regardless, but I wonder if we would have gotten more Paramore instead of more Haley Williams if not for the pandemic. Uh, I don't know. Because Flowers for Vases seems like a very introspective record, whereas, like, a Paramore record is a little bit more bombastic. You know?
1: Yeah. Uh... Yeah. I mean, it's, it's possible. I mean, uh, yeah, I I, I guess, uh, I guess that's one way, but you know, I mean, the pandemic has certainly had an effect I think on a lot of artists in that way, you know, or a lot of, you know, just people in general, like, you know, just more time alone and more, uh, time to sit with your thoughts and things and not do things with people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely possible. Um, but we're definitely going to get Paramore hopefully at some point in the future. It's, you know, they're still doing the thing. It's just not not now. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Paramore song. <laughs>
0: um, so I want to move on to Foo Fighters because... Foo uh, Fighters. Foo Fighters. Foo um, Fighters. <laughs> because I've been, as you well know, as my Dallas roommate, as someone who had to sit through me watching the entire Sonic Highways documentary on <laughs> Blu-ray after I bought it. Um, yeah. In late 2020, I'm a big Foo Fighters fan. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> and I have been on a huge kick. I bought Sonic Highways on on vinyl. I found Wasting Light on vinyl, and it sounds Ooh. phenomenal because that's you know they're 2011. Essentially, it's a pop punk record. It's like just really good. Um, I loved Concrete and Gold when it came out in 2017, but it had a couple good songs, and then it had a couple of duds. I don't think Medicine at Midnight has any duds. Whenever I listen uh, through this album, this is like more so than almost any Foo Fighters record other than Sonic Highways because I have the context behind all of it. I feel like Medicine at Midnight comes in really strong with Making a Fire and Shame Shame and yeah. is just a really concise Nine song album that's entirely too short, but is also really, really like they cut the fat on it, and I
1: love that. Yeah, I I, I listened through it once. Um, I I think it's pretty consistent. I mean, it's it's not it's not really poking fun, but it's definitely a Foo Fighters album. Like it's there's not, you know, Foo Fighters have never really, you know, done a lot to. Uh, you know, evolve or change their sound. Uh, there are certain things... I disagree with that to a certain extent.
0: And I'll explain okay. why,
1: but I want to hear your thoughts first. No, I mean, well, I, I'm basically just rehashing every music publication out there. Like, this is what every, like, review has said. And so it's it, it's definitely, I think, kind of tiered. I'm not a huge Foo Fighters fan, like, to begin with. So, so when I read a bunch of this stuff and I go, yeah, I can hear that, it's like... Uh, you know a lot of Foo Fires is very similar and yeah it does a couple of things different uh, on some of these tracks but ultimately it's Foo Fires and if you like Foo Fires uh, or if you really like Foo Fires then great you're gonna like it Um, but if you're kinda if you kinda feel like okay it's Foo Fires then you're gonna feel like okay it's Foo Fires about this album and that's I kinda feel like okay it's Foo Fires like I'm not upset with it but at the same time Am I like, oh my God, like this is amazing? No, like I'm just like, oh, it's Foo Fighters.
0: So I think people don't give them enough credit because Dave Grohl's voice is so unbelievably iconic and so unmistakable from anyone else's that whenever you hear a Foo Fighters song, you're going to know it's a Foo Fighters song. But I think if you listen to the music behind it and you go back to like some of their older albums, if you look at like the color and the shape that was like quintessential '90s rock with Monkey right. Wrench, Hey Johnny, Park, My Hero. Like those are songs that are like, those are the Foo Fighters. And yeah. if if you like start looking beyond that, and I'm just I'm looking through the records right now, like one by one, which is like all my life, um, and really that. Was the only song that was good on that record, but all my life on on one by one or like if you look at in in your honor and they have like kind of the half acoustic half electric thing that they did, like with best of you on the front half and then like
1: great song yeah
0: and yeah. And, <laughs> and and like again is that the one with pretender? Ah uh, no, that's not the one with pretender. I think pretender okay. was echo silent. Yeah, echo silence, patience and grace. Um, okay. But they've just been so consistent with coming out with really good records that have like two or three really good songs on them, and then a couple of other songs that fill in the gaps between them. Um, but then wasting Light was just this really good bombastic, essentially like pump r- punk record. Sonic Highways yeah. had a story behind every song that they actually did a TV episode to. Concrete and Gold. Was this record where I don't think it was as strong as the couple records that came before it, but it still had like a lot of um, like good rock and roll on it, especially like Run was a great song, T-shirt was a great song. Um, But then Medicine at Midnight, like I feel like they've finally done exactly what you're saying they haven't in coming out with a record that they've been able to change their sound and still stay the Foo Fighters. uh, Because Shame Shame is, like, such a weird song. It's such a, like, creepy, scary, like, like, weird, slow, offbeat thing. And then No Son of Mine, which was their second single, was, like, this big kind of, like, anthem like this anti-war anthem and like this feels like the most emboldened most most impassioned the foo fighters have been in like a long time and that's why i'm so into it and i I feel like i i'm less impressed with it initially as concrete and gold because i love that record um sonic highways wasting light those records grew on me but med- wasting light
1: goes hard. Like, yeah, like that. That 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 to me is like that's top tier Foo Fighters. Like, it is that shit, that shit goes hard. Like I that I love that. I think it's I so think good.
0: personally that wasting light is their best record. Um, but I think medicine at midnight. I know. I know. I said it. <laughs> But I think <laughs> Medicine at Midnight is going to give it a run for its money, and I think that this entire record is intentionally, and they've said this, these are songs that can be played in stadiums. That's why they wanted to wait to release it until after the pandemic, but obviously it's not ending anytime soon. So yeah. they uh, they released it anyway, and here we are. No, with... Nobody
1: sold Florida. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs>
0: Fuck. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about it, because that place looked ridiculous.
1: Man, Florida, um, in the context, I mean, just of the Super Bowl, uh, I mean, there was, like, <laughs> I saw this one video on uh, on Twitter or something. Maybe it was a TikTok. Maybe it was a, just something that was posted on Twitter. I forget. But uh, it was something, like, this, this girl was, like, just – shocked and appalled at like twenty five thousand people being in this in the stadium for the Super Bowl and she goes, Has anybody told the arts? Has anybody told the music or the clubs? <laughs> like, you know. It was just like she just repeated like, Has anybody told the arts? Like multiple times? And I just thought that was like the funniest way of putting it. I was like, Yeah. Well, you know.
0: In their defense, and something they didn't play up as much as I think they should have, a lot of the tickets for the Super Bowl this year were giving given to vaccinated healthcare workers, which I think is great. Oh, okay. But people I didn't, didn't know, that. know that. They didn't talk about it. I didn't know that. They should have uh, talked about
1: it. That's kind of a that's a good point. I you learned something new. I was just kind of like you know like i i know florida has been i think you know to my understanding one one of the states that's been mo- the most lenient on uh you know COVID the most lenient yeah absolutely and and so i just kind of was like i wasn't really surprised that you know that uh, to see people in the stadiums uh or, or out i think i saw a picture after the fact or something like um yeah but anyways that's yeah, I forget how we got to this point.
0: <laughs> anyway, I don't know these next two records. I'm curious to hear about these.
1: Um... Okay, uh, so The Weather Station uh, is... Uh, came out with a new album, Ignorance. Um, it's primarily just one woman, I think, uh, who does most of the songwriting and stuff, but has like a backing band to help her record and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, Tamara Hope, I believe, is probably the main execution person behind the boards and stuff. Uh, anyways, uh, her last album—I think it was her debut album—came out like a uh, few years back or something. Uh, mostly just like an acoustic project. I listened to some of it; yeah. it was kind of okay. Um, but her new album, the new album *Ignorance*, uh, is definitely she's kind of embraced synths and strings. And a bunch of different other things to kind of help make the record pop. Synths uh, and
0: strings and other things.
1: Yep, and uh, <laughs> and, and so uh, and so it's very much a it's it's like a low sounding uh, it's like soft rock, you know. Yeah. But they're are some pop songs, um, but they're just very soft. They're they're not like big sing along choruses or anything, but mm-hmm. uh, definitely hooks throughout the album. Uh, very indie. Uh, it's really good. It's been uh, i have like I said, I've only really listened to a handful of records this year, but that was definitely the one that stood out to me. Um, so big recommend. And then uh, Glasswing, uh, which is much easier for me to talk about. It's Aaron Marsh from Copeland. Who it's his project. what? Yeah. So this is like. So I didn't very... know
0: this before I made my recommendation for this week, and I
1: love that. Let's keep talking about this. Uh. Yeah, so it's basically I think it's just like his solo thing at this point. Okay, um, but it's very it's very Copeland's like, um, but just without the more like band sounding stuff. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a lot more. Uh, it's it's a little slower. It's uh, but it's it sounds like Copeland. It sounds like blushing kind of, but without. Like I said, the full band, I guess. Do you
0: hear something really funny that I did this week? Like What's that? So last week on Friday, I had a doctor's appointment and after doctor's appointments, whenever I get my like cancer immunotherapy infusions and everything going on with that, I typically feel a little fucked up. Because like of course, because I you know, this wasn't one of those times. Um because it was a week after it, but I was like, ah, you know what? It's like two o'clock. I just had a doctor's appointment. Um, I, I want to feel something, and so I went through the car wash, and I put on Blushing by Copeland while I was in the car wash, and it was a trip, man.
1: <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> That's kind of how this sounds. Really, if you're in a car wash, listening to Copeland. Yeah, it's it's kind of like dark and kind of like almost in a way like, uh, you know, it would make good music to listen to, like if you were in the rain, you know? So kind of a similar Car Wash vibe. Um, yeah, it's it's really cool. It's called, um I, I thought the I thought the title of it was hilarious. It's it's an EP, so it's five songs, um, but it's called I'm in the Checkout Line of My Life. <laughs> and I just, I don't know, I thought that was funny. Uh, very cool, though. The last few tracks, I think, stand out more than the first couple, but uh definitely definitely worth a listen
0: awesome i because i like copeland that much um i am making a 2021 albums playlist and i'm starting with copeland so well i'm starting with glasswing you know
1: boy. um
0: wonderful so that's, I think, all the news we have. I, I know we didn't really do like a year end wrap up. We didn't do all of the other things that typically come with a year end for the podcast. But we also didn't really podcast in twenty twenty. It was we're kind starting of a,
1: fresh. We're
0: starting fresh. So we we,
1: we here and we here on the Play Sound Podcast. are not going to acknowledge twenty twenty and no most most of the uh, you know ways that you know podcasts typically would acknowledge. Yeah times that have come before
0: 2020 is not canon
1: not canon not canon. at all so we just started fresh with 2021
0: uh so let's discuss recommendations let's get right. let's
1: let's let's hear yours um i got a few here uh i'll rattle the first couple off real quick um so harley quinn is a not related harley quinn is a tv show not related to the movies or Um, birds of prey or justice league or anything like that harley quinn is a cartoon show that is currently on hbo max i'm not really sure where it originally aired but it's like a new thing that's like happening uh it's got a couple seasons on hbo max it is the funniest it's not the funniest but it's like one of the best shows i've watched in a while season i just finished season two today and it was phenomenal um i had heard really good things about it uh Our friend Dave has watched it. Um, Like, Dave and I watched the first episode together, and then I didn't watch it for a while, and he, like, finished the show, and so I was like, oh, okay, like, I guess maybe I'll get back into it. The first season's good, but the second season is great. Uh, So, big ups to that. A third season is coming eventually. It did get renewed at some point, so I'm gonna be waiting for that. Uh, There is a Tiger Woods documentary on HBO Max as well, um, called Tiger, I think it is. Uh, It's a two parter. Uh, and the first part is, like, an hour and a half, and then the second part is, like, an hour and 45 or an hour and 50. So it's a little long, um, mm-hmm. and it made it kind of daunting to want to jump into it. Uh, but Tiger has had, t- as it turns out, a really long career, and there is plenty of, of stuff to go over and talk about. And I watched it in, I think, two sittings. So, uh, so I mean, yeah, well, I mean, I watched the first part. It's basically, like, two movies. But it's uh, also
0: so- un. Like, it's unofficial, right? Like, he didn't condone the documentary, but it still came out?
1: Oh, yeah, I didn't know anything about that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's out. It's on, H- like I said, I yeah. watched it. Um, it's a thing. It's. I thought it was pretty good. I thought, you know, it It, it talks about him, um, you know, it basically covers his life. It talks about him as a child, uh, the relationship we had. he had with his father, his early career success, his um kind of spiral you know and his later career and how he kind of you know um was able to recover and you know the the documentary ends with him winning the 2019 masters um you know and how he was able to come through it all I thought that was really cool um it like i said it's very long but i felt engaged for the mo- for the most of it mm-hmm. uh it wasn't anything where i thought it was too long it was you know it felt just right so I was kind of I was like oh okay like this didn't turn out to be as bad as I thought maybe it would but anyways um, so recommending that and then, lastly, I'm gonna recommend Spider-Man. Literally, just any and all things Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> I uh, big fan of the Spider-Man remaster that came out for PS5. I think I mentioned it before the podcast, so I'll just throw it up real quick here. Um, I, have, I have all I have 77 out of 79 trophies, and with me completing a second run through of the story, I will have the last two trophies. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and then I've also watched all of the movies. So I watched the original Sammy... I think it's Sammy Malik, um, uh, the director. I watched the original trilogy of his movies. Um, I watched the two amazing Spider-Man movies. And then I've also watched the Tom Holland ones, and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. You're not going to be able Bros. to
0: say that soon, man. All of these characters are about to be in the same movie, in the third Spider-Man. They're bringing them all back, the multiverse. No, th- that's,
1: that's what they've said, but uh, Tom Holland just came out. Uh, a lot of stuff is going around today that he's denying all that. Of course he is. Uh, yeah, but Tom Holland, Tom Holland can't keep things in. You know, if there was one person who would tell me, what's going on you know he's Tom Holland has spoiled some stuff in the past you would think this would be one of those things uh that's that he would what they slip. want
0: you to think reverse Maybe. psychology
1: that'd be pretty cool though um, it would be uh so yeah so I'm I'm pretty excited to uh like I said I think uh, I've I've always been more of a Batman person and even at that point like not really like I've seen mm. some of the movies um or most of them rather but um but really into Spider-Man as of late Super cool guy. So, so
0: I think that that's a really good segue to my recommendations because I'm in the process of watching... So, so Catherine and I are watching all of the Marvel movies starting with the like timeline first movie in the Marvel Universe, which is Captain America. We started with oh, that. very cool. Then we went on to Captain Marvel, and then we went on to Iron Man. And so we're watching them in timeline order, and it's been wonderful. We just... Uh, We watched Thor a few nights ago, and we're about to watch Avengers.
1: What did you, uh, real quickly, what did you think of Thor?
0: Of watching the original Thor again?
1: Yeah. Oh, have you seen it before? I've only watched it once. I did what you did, but before Endgame came out. Um, Yeah, so... so I saw... I knew the Thor movies weren't, like, supposedly great by any means. They're kind of like bottom-tier Marvel movies, but I enjoyed the first Thor.
0: Okay, so... Thor Ragnarok is not a bottom tier Marvel movie. I think no, Thor, oh, Ragnarok, right. I forget about Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok
1: yeah. is my favorite Marvel movie.
0: Ragnarok, Ragnarok's um,
1: top tier. I, I meant the first two. That's my bad.
0: But the first, so we, I've, like, in starting to watch this, I told Catherine, like, I can't watch The Dark World. I will not watch The Dark World. It's not going to happen. I will watch a YouTube video for 10 minutes and be fine. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's, it's not good. It's really bad. Uh, it's, it's like actively a bad movie. It's like Incredible Hulk levels of bad. Um, it's, wow. This was a movie? No. <laughs> no. Um, but the original one was okay. It's just in watching it now, you notice that like whoever directed it just did a lot of like diagonal camera angles. And me saying that to you now, you might not have noticed it the last time you watched it, but you're not going to be able to watch it again without thinking of that. Um, That's
1: funny.
0: It's like literally, it was, ugh, it's so
1: bad. It's funny though. Like, I thought, I got it a kick out of, of watching funny. it. Yeah, moments. it was, it,
0: it, the the humor was good, but it wasn't like Ragnarok good. Like, Taika Waititi no. is, is one of the best directors that they could have put on that because he like, had the sense of humor that fit Thor well. And
1: yeah. the character
0: in, in Endgame too, just like, evolved so much. And I think that, that's why um, Chris Hemsworth is, like, kept doing... Chris, Chris, right? Or is it Liam? I get uh, the... It's confused. Chris. Chris no. Hemsworth.
1: Yes, I think it... Chris Evans. No, that's Captain America. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, you're right. It is, it is uh, Hemsworth. No, Hemsworth. I think it's Liam, then. I don't, I don't know.
0: know. It doesn't... Fi- it, w- whatever it is, like, they're okay. The original Thor is okay. The second one is, like, not good. I'm not gonna watch it. Um, original one was good. Yeah. Um... So, anyway, I'm watching them all in order. I'll have an update for you the next time we podcast. Hopefully, in less than four months. Um, I'm also going to recommend the Copeland album In Motion. And before you started talking about Glasswing, I already had this in my. I didn't even.
1: I didn't even look at your ex. So this that is really funny. Yeah, I yeah. got a kick out of it. That's yeah. Cool.
0: So I. Um, I don't know. It's it's like one of those records that I never had listened to whenever I was younger. And I'm getting the same vibes from it as I would get from like an Armor for Sleep or Sherwood or Over It or Autopilot Off. It like fits into that like old kind of Warp Tour scene type of record for me that I feel like I just missed out on this one. Like maybe I listened to it at some point or like Spittlefield. Like, kind of in that it, band. It's very
1: Spillfield, yeah. It's it's the most, like, I would say rock, I guess you could say, that, like, Copeland goes throughout their career. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's definitely kind of unique in that way.
0: I have been playing Pin Your Wings on a daily basis for the last month and a half.
1: It is yeah. such
0: a good song and such a good record um, that... It's just one of those ones that I'm gonna keep coming back to because it's it's something where I feel like I discovered a, a phenomenal high tier pop rock record from the early 2000s that I didn't know existed, and I feel like whenever that happens, it's few and far between because I know so much about that era. Um, but when it happens, it's just like holy shit, where have I been? Like where yeah. was this? Right. <laughs> um, I gotcha. So Copeland in Motion is another recommendation. Um, as far as more recent records, something that has been really catching my ear, um, that caught my ear toward the end of last year and ended up on my top twenty list for the year was um, by the the band Nightly called "Night Love You." It is a really catchy pop rock record. Um, I think it's a really good front to back record too, which I know that you and I both have a lot of respect for. It's like written as a, the type of record that you can listen to from start to finish and really enjoy um, yeah. lots of pop hooks but it's not like too it's not edgy at all but it's kind of like in the same way the 1975 is cool just like by being the 1975 I feel like Nightly gets that from being Nightly um, the, the closest thing that I can compare to them is Oh man. I am drawing a complete blank on the band and I am going to kick myself later for not being able to think of this. Laney.
1: La- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Laney makes sense.
0: It's it's the same vibe I get from listening to Laney. Um I kind of like it more though. I like Nightly a lot more than I like Laney. I think Laney yeah. Laney got old for me really really quick like over the course of like 3 or 4 months but but Nightly yeah. Has not had that happen to me, and I think Night Love You is a really good record. Um, my last recommendation is the entire Persona series. I have gotten really into this. Um, I've started playing Persona 4 Golden. I am about seventy-five hours into it right now, and that's including the thirty or forty hours that I put into it, like last year, whenever it first launched oh, okay. on PC. But I picked back up on it. I I, like caught myself up. I I started learning about it again, and I feel like I'm like in it now. And it's like supposed to be a seventy or eighty hour game. I think it's taken me a little bit longer. Whether it's been from leaving it odd or whatever, Uh, but the stories in it, the characters in it, I'm invested. It's like watching a really good TV show. I want to know what happens. I want to solve this big murder mystery. I want to see what the final um, like solution is to everything that's going on and then I want to jump in and play Persona 5 and specifically Persona 5R and then Persona 5 Strikers like those are games that I'm immediately adding to my list because I just know that like P5R is considered to be the one of the best if not the best games of all time and yeah to play Persona 4 and then lead directly into that, I feel like is a natural progression that I'm trying to do. So cool. those are my recommendations.
1: Very sick. I, uh, I have a really long... Uh, one thing I would not recommend is I have a very long headphone wire, and I keep making knots just, like, playing with the cord, and then I keep trying to untangle the cord after I make the knot. And at one point, the cord got wrapped around my leg... And then I finally got it loosened, but then I tightened it. Like, I made another knot just, you know, after it was off my leg. So I'm just fiddling with it, and I hate it. I,
0: I hate have it actually, I've been on the verge of buying a wireless headset for a long time, so maybe we come with some recommendations next time. I know we have a couple friends who just bought the, uh, the Arctis 7s, and I'm curious to see how those are. Sick. Uh, Chris, happy 2021, man. Happy 2021. We made it through the year. It's it's February. It's going to be a great year. We're going to podcast more because this is going to be our way of catching up. And let's keep it up. Let's keep doing it.
1: Yeah. May God save the queen. You took the words <laughs> directly out of my mouth. All right.
0: Hey, thanks for listening, everyone. Chris, where can we find you on social media?
1: You can find me at, uh, I recently changed my Twitter handle. You can find me at cj.darkangelo, it's D-A-R-C-A-N-G-E-L-O, and uh, Dark Angel on Instagram. That's with a four and an R-C and an A-N-G-E-L.
0: Nice. Spell it for him.
1: Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. It's hard. Okay, I get it.
0: (laughs) And I am most likely Joe across everything or best plot on Twitch. Chris, let's hang out more. This Ooh. has been the PlaySound Podcast. Thank you all for listening. We will talk to you very soon. We'll see you. Bye. <laughs>